So this morning we're going to take another look at Psalms 51 and one verse in particular. Psalms 51 and the the psalmist here was uh, talking about uh, uh, being washed and cleansed and so forth. And in verse 7, which will be our focus this morning, Psalm 51.7 says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. And I shall be whiter than snow. So the psalmist here is asking the Lord to cleanse him, uh, to purge him with hyssop. And uh, he, he apparently he knows a, a need for this cleansing. And apparently he feels that... Uh, This type cleansing would be sufficient. It would work. Uh, And I mentioned last week that we're going to be talking uh, about hyssop. But here the psalmist says, you know, if you you cleanse me uh, with this hyssop, I'll be white as snow. Now, you know what Job said? Job said, if I wash myself with snow... Make my hands never so clean, yet thou shalt plunge me in a ditch, my own clothes shall abhor me. So there's a difference here. Job said, if I wash myself. Results will be, if I wash myself with snow, I'll be as white as snow. Though that wasn't the results that Job said. If I wash myself with snow, make my hands never so clean, yet thou shalt plunge me in a ditch, and my own clothes shall abhor me. So that was a statement that Job made. The psalmist here says, Lord said, wash me with hyssop. And if you do, the result, I'll be whiter than snow. So hyssop, what, you know, what does it mean? Well, we know it's some type of a little plant or shrub. And they tell us, that it's a spongy plant and everything. I don't know if they know that. If you see how it's used in the scriptures, one would, you know, would think that. I don't know if there's still a plant around. Uh, I have no idea on that. But hyssop, just not just what is it, but what did it mean to our psalmist? If you all transmit hyssop, if you do, I'll be whiter than snow. What's so special about hyssop? Uh, so rather than than trying to break down the this plant and chemical makeup of it or something like that, let's look at it another way. Uh, so if I say uh, bowling ball. It brings some thoughts to your mind, I I, I assume. You're probably not thinking, well, the core of it's made of this and this this process. You're probably thinking, okay, it's the knockdown bowling pin. You're probably not thinking it's a paperweight. So whenever I say bowling ball, you're thinking purpose of it. I would assume, well, my experiment could be wrong. (laughs) Uh, I could say... uh, steering wheel you're 
I, I would assume you're thinking, well, that's what I control my car with and everything. You're probably not thinking, well, it's a, it's a steel ring on the inside and it's covered by some plastic, which may be covered with some vinyl or leather or maybe heated or cooled or things like that. Uh, you're probably not thinking of that. You're probably thinking, that's what I steal my car with. <coughs> Bill, if I say fishing pole, <laughs> you're probably thinking of casting that bait, reeling in that big fish. You're probably not necessarily thinking about, okay, is it fiberglass, is it bamboo, what houses, is it carbon fiber, uh, what's the eyes made of? Now, if you're really serious in fishing, those eyes got pulleys on them to bring those big ones in. But we're probably not, you're probably thinking of the purpose, what it was, what it's for. Or if I say an axe, <coughs> I assume you're thinking of chopping some wood or splitting or cutting down a tree or something. You're probably not thinking, okay, what all kind of ores and metals are combined in this metal uh, that it would be uh, uh, strong enough that, to do this, but yet soft enough that you could shape it and, and, and have this handle. And you're probably thinking, when I say axe, something to split wood or chop wood with. I'm hoping that's what you're thinking that way anyway. So here's it. So let's don't overthink about the type of fibrous and all this and everything. Let's look at hyssop and, and yeah, some kind of plant. But when our psalmist said, cleanse me with hyssop, I'll be white as snow. Was he, you think he was thinking of maybe, we're thinking of, they tell us that it's a spongy plant. I might take the same thought and say, no, it's something really hard and coarse to scrub with. You could, you could think that, couldn't you? So, the psalmist, when he says, cleanse me with hyssop, and I'll be whiter than snow. Was he talking about cleaning this way? Can you, back then, the sandals they wore were barefooted. You imagine how dirty their feet got and everything. We've talked about foot washing before. Was he thinking about scrubbing that way with this? Do you think that's what was on his mind? Or was there something, when he used that, did it bring something to mind? I mentioned before John the Baptist when his disciples was following him. And, and they saw Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Well, that brought something to mind to them. All the sacrifices and everything, all the lambs that they sacrificed and everything. They, when he pointed to behold the Lamb of God, it wasn't thinking it was a, he transformed in from a woolly lamb to, to this man with two legs. He wasn't thinking that. But when he said that, Lamb of God, that meant something to them. Because the lambs that were sacrificed and offered under the law, it, it meant something to them. So our psalmist here, I believe this word hyssop meant something to him. Because he says, I'll be whiter than snow. 
So he knew that he needed washed, and he had faith. The results of he, if if the Lord if the Lord washed him with a hyssop, he would be whiter than snow. Uh, well, let me just say, as always, when we look at these things, it's typifying Jesus Christ. You say, "Well, how could that?" Well, we'll, we'll look at that. We know the. The animals that were sacrificed were typifying Jesus Christ. We knew the law tells us not to wear mixed garments. We knew that our only sufficient covering is Jesus Christ. So when the psalmist says, cleanse me with hyssop, I'll be whiter than snow. So what, what did it mean to him? What, did, what does it mean to us? So let's look at some uses of hyssop, and uh, I believe that'll help us understand this. So Exodus chapter 12, a uh, place that it's used and uh, very uh, familiar here. We also know, well, actually I don't want to complicate it with some other things, but uh, so Exodus chapter 12, and this was at the original Passover. And uh, Exodus 12 and 21. Then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out the door of this house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. Now some places it says the Lord, some places it says the death angel, some places it says the destroyer. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not permit the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. So here, uh, we see hyssop being used to dip it in its blood in this basin and put it on the lintel and put it on the two side posts. I... Uh, often ask myself, you know, why? But sometimes, so we, we look at reasons, but sometimes we ask, well, why did God do it this way? That I have a problem uh, understanding. Seldom I say, why did God do it this way? Uh, I generally don't get the answers that I'm looking for. He didn't have to, he could have done it any way that he wanted to. So, why didn't God just say, okay, kill the lamb there at your door? And when I come through and I see that puddle of blood in front of your door, I'll pass over. Could have done it that way, couldn't it? But in this instance, he didn't. A 
Apparently they were to catch it in some type of basin <clears throat> and they were to kill it there. But then they would take hyssop, dip it in the blood, put it on the lintel, and on the two side posts. And there's more than what I'm going to see this morning. But I'm sure there's more there. But he could have said, kill the, the lamb there, and I see the blood there, but the threshold, I'll just pass them by. But he didn't. On the lintel, on the two side posts. And he also told them, don't you go out of that, that door till morning. You won't have protection, protection for those inside. But do you think if they were said, well, uh, I'm going to do it with a, a cattail. Cattail might serve the purpose. I'd look at it. I'll just take a cattail and dip it in there and put it there and put it there. You think it would have worked? Pretty sure it wouldn't have worked because even Aaron's sons, remember Aaron's sons was offering a sacrifice one time. They were the priests. And they was, so this sacrifice, they was supposed to take fire from a certain place to, to, to light this. And instead of taking it from the place where God told them, they took fire from a strange place and offered it to kill them. So if they took a cattail and put it in the blood and put it up there, I think the destroyer would have entered. The life of the firstborn would have been taken. And their livestock. So, why did God do it this way? I think to, to show, again, uh, to, to teach us, I guess. He could have just said, kill it there, and when I see it there with a threshold, I'll pass over. Why did he do it this way? Just another opportunity, another occasion to teach us. We don't see, as we study the scriptures, you Bible students have studied the scriptures for many years, we don't see this great big new thing every day, do we? We see the same important example of love in different places. That's what we see. And it's a blessing to see it. We see this, uh, we see, oh, I didn't see it there. It just builds our foundation. And we're grounded more in what we already know. So this hyssop, as I said before, I believe it's a type shadow of Jesus Christ. Uh, so they put it on the basin, or caught it in the basin, took the hyssop, Put it on the lintel on two side posts. Do you think uh, our psalmist knew of this hyssop? Of course he did. Of course he knew of it. He knew this was a use for hyssop. He knew they didn't use cattails. <laughs> he knew the Lord said use hyssop. So he knew of this. Just like John the Baptist told his disciples, behold the Lamb of God. He knew that would mean something to them. So our psalmist, when he says, oh, if you'd wash me with hyssop, I'd be white as snow. It meant something to the psalmist. He knew of this. Uh, let's look at some other, well, I guess we should establish. The psalmist knew that he needed to be cleansed. Do you know that? Well, I don't, I'm, uh, 
I've told you a story before. The person I talked to probably been 18 years ago, something like that, said, oh, I'm above reproach. So that person didn't think that they needed a cleanse. So do you feel that you need a cleanse? The psalmist felt that he needed cleansing. Do you feel that you need cleansing? And there are some scriptures that tell us very quickly, Isaiah 64, 6, we're all as an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness is filthy rags. I got my filthy rag back in there. I can bring it out if I have to. But uh, he didn't say, well, we're all as an unclean thing. And, and most of our righteousness is filthy rags. But some of it's not what it says. We're all as an unclean thing. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Do you need cleanse? Yes, we need cleanse. David, Romans, third chapter, that tells us pretty good, too. <laughs> There's none righteous. No, not one. Who's talking about man? It's not talking about Jesus Christ. He's the only righteous one. We know that. But as far as mankind, there's none righteous. So there's none that seeketh after God. You say, well, wait a minute. I'll take a step in that. I seek after God. Well, is the scripture wrong? Do we tear it out? It says there's none right. There's none that seeketh after God. To help a little bit with that, yes, you may seek after God. You may study and so forth. The point is, that's not you. You wouldn't do that. I'm going to get a little sidetracked here, but it's, it was something that meant a lot to me. still does. My brother, who's since gone on to be with the Lord, uh, many years ago, uh, my brother, he would come and go, move, he'd be home, and he'd move away, and so uh, he had a boat, and uh, he was going to go to Florida again to live. He's going to be separated and everything. I love my brother. And uh, <clears throat> so we was going to have <clears throat> one more day together, so we was going out on the boat on Sunday. So we went out, and this is my, I knew this was going to be the last time I'd seen him for a long time. He's moving away. And the boy, I kept watching the clock, watching the clock. And I said, Eddie, I said, you got to put me on the back. i gotta got to go to church tonight. And Rhonda, I knew that was not me. <laughs> that was not me. I, I wanted to be with my brother. That was not me. And I think you've all felt things like that. That was not me. So, yes, you may seek after God. You may want to assemble. You may want to study. But that's not you. You would not do that. Neither would I. So it leaves us nothing to boast on, does it? Uh, <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 14, and I hope I don't confuse it with this, but Leviticus chapter 14 and... Uh, I'm in Exodus, so I do need to get in the right book. Levit Leviticus chapter 14. <clears throat> and verse 34. When you are come into the land of Canaan which I give to you for a possession, 
And I put the plague of leprosy in the house of the land of your possession. We studied about leprosy before, and I think it's a wonderful study. But here's God saying, okay, I'm going to give you this land of Canaan. Told you about it. Promised it to you. Go give you this land of, of Canaan. But when you go there, and when I put a plague of leprosy in your house, where does the plague of leprosy come from? He says, when I. And I put the plague of leprosy in a house. So I don't want to take too much time on this uh, uh, leprosy, and maybe I already have, but two important things to learn about leprosy. How do you catch it? God gives it. God places it. How do you get rid of it? Was there a secret formula to do all these things? No. Only one way to get rid of it. God healed it. Now, a lot of different other things, they may, you have these home remedies, you mix them together, but leprosy, the Lord brings it, and the Lord is the only one that can take it away. Now, after he takes it away, then there's a cleansing. And I had several scriptures uh, uh, written down to, uh, to go to that, and I won't. But guess one of the things was used in cleansing after they was healed. After they was healed from leprosy, what do you think was one of the things that they used in cleansing from leprosy? Hyssop. Do you think that our writer in Psalms 51 knew about that? Of course he did. He knew about the cleansing with hyssop. Again, God was the only one that could heal them. Take away the plague of leprosy. But after God did that, then there's a cleansing with hyssop. And if they didn't do that, they weren't clean. Well, let me just mention that too. The plague of leprosy, you know, exactly what all it was and everything on the skin and so forth, you know, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. They feel they know something about it, I don't know. But to me, one of the most important things we want learn about leprosy and being unclean is they couldn't wash it. They had to be outside the camp. They was away from the security of the camp out there amongst the lions and tigers and bears or out there where the enemy was. So there was no safety out there. If you was a leper there was no safety out there. You was outside the camp. You were unclean. You could not come to the tabernacle, the temple, to give a sacrifice to be offered. Could not worship God in the manner that they worshiped God at that time. So, you know, we can talk about what it done to the skin and, and the white and all that, but to me the big things are outside of safety. And couldn't worship. So the Lord heals from leprosy, but again, the cleansing afterwards, it was done with hyssop. And I have no doubt that the psalmist knew and, and understood that. Uh, 
Let's see. So I'm going to try to skip over a lot of those things. Uh, so uh, leprosy, the Lord bring it. The Lord is the only one that could heal it. And, of course, after they healed, after the Lord healed them, then the priest would go, or they would go to the priest, whichever way it was, and say, okay, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're healed of the leprosy. And then they went through the cleansing process. And again, hyssop was one of the things that was used there. So when our psalmist said, admitted, I have, I have need of being cleansed. I'm no different than anybody else. All my righteousness would be a filthy rag. So he realized that he had a need for cleansing. And he said, cleanse me with hyssop, and I'll be white as snow. Again, different what Job said. Job said, if I wash myself, he wasn't asking to wash. He didn't say here, well, give me some, if you supply me with some hyssop, I'll wash myself. No, what is it? He said, Lord, if you will cleanse me with hyssop, I'll be white as snow. Job said, if I wash myself with snow, make my hands never so clean, yet thou shalt plunge me to this, and my own clothes will abhor me. So uh, our psalmist was asking, he, he knew that he cleansed, and he had faith. If the Lord would clean him, cleanse him with hyssop, he would be clean. Uh, in 1 John chapter 1, let me, uh, let me say this. When we said the, uh, I said that the, the Lord was the hyssop, the hyssop was a type and, and shadow uh, of our Lord. And you might say, well, in what manner? Well, if, let's go back to the uh, uh, Passover. God told him, put this lamb up, observe it three days, kill it, blood in the basin here. <clears throat> I don't think any of you have any doubts that that lamb, that blood, represented Jesus Christ. We know that it did. What about the hyssop? Hyssop was the manner that God said that it would be applied. Well, how does that represent Jesus Christ? I believe it represents Jesus Christ in the office of the priest. See, the priest in the Old Testament priesthood, they would offer the sacrifices up to God, wouldn't they? Well, Jesus Christ was the sacrifice, but he also was our high priest. He offered himself and took the blood. So I believe the hyssop in that manner is a type of Jesus Christ. So in, uh, let's see, 1 John chapter 1 and uh, let's see, that doesn't look right. Let's see, verse 1.
Oh, okay. Yes, I just didn't read them far enough. Okay, first John. So I thought I made a mistake, but I was mistaken. This, this is what we want. First John 1 and 4. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. So as we read this morning what was written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, our joy should be full. So let's read it. This then is the message which ye have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not tell the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So here we see the cleansing, and the blood cleanses. But how is that blood applied? You take the hyssop, you put it on there, and it's all those, the plague was pronounced on behind that door was safe. But it was to be applied with hyssop. So Jesus Christ was our sacrificial lamb. <clears throat> His blood was shed. But then he also was our high priest that took the blood and offered it to the throne of God. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.